from the first time you see that that <laughs> the first time you see Maurice, Maurice looks real. Like real, Marie, real, Nobody real. has questioned Maurice. No, no, no I know. I, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just saying we're that, We're like, on Team Maurice. everybody and welcome to the spoiler warning podcast this is review number 462 with our review of war for the planet of the apes i'm christopher schnazy kill me kill me now and i'm Stephen miller <laughs> and if you're joining us for the first time the spoiler warning podcast is a weekly film review program each week in the show we're going to dive in debate discuss and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you this week it's finally here the third installment in the reboot of the planet of the apes films and uh as we're, you know, we, we did the rise, we lived through the dawn, now we're here to war out for this review. So, as we get started, let's just, you know, open by going around the horn and talking about our relationship to, specifically, this this trilogy. You know, we can, we can throw out, we don't need to spend any time talking about everything that came before it. Just here, rise, dawn, war, Stephen Miller... Rise and Dawn. Talk about Rise and Dawn. What were your thoughts on those? Rise and Dawn. So I entered this trilogy to try to break a tie between you and Carson. <laughs> because you and, you and Carson had a heated argument about the first Apes movie, I believe, on the podcast. And yeah. I hadn't seen it. And at the end of the year episode that year, you urged that I watch it so I could weigh in and give my feedback. And my, my feedback on both of them has always been fairly positive, but not overwhelmingly positive it's been like both of them i've watched on airplanes <laughs> i should make that clear <laughs> that is the only time i've invested in eight movies is on an airplane like oh yeah yeah the new planet of the apes movie sure why not I'll, I'll give it a go um and i always thought like the the effects seem good and it is pretty good at building a serious tone out of what should not really be a serious film and it's entertaining for two hours and it doesn't usually go above that or beyond that. Like, they're they're solid blockbusters. That's how I felt. Otherwise, no investment in the series, really. <laughs> Carson Patrick. We're here, man. I can't believe that we're <laughs> on the third fucking movie of this, man. Like, um, as, any, as people who've listened to this podcast will know that the, these movies, uh, as you could tell by my enthusiasm in the beginning... Uh, I these movies are just not for me. Like I have not been a fan so far of uh, of these new apes. Um, I I remember walking out, um, Sarah and I walking out of Rise of the Apes and going like, "Oh, okay, well, you know, whatever. That could have been better." And then thinking. <laughs> Think, thinking like that no one was going to like thinking it was just going to be like oh whatever mediocre summer movie it's going to come and go like they tried to you know to to jump start the apes franchise again but it's just gonna it's gonna burn crash and burn again and then you know i i'll still never forget to me like the the biggest surprise was everyone you know oh my god it's so good like just (laughs) losing their shit over it i was like i just that was like i think the beginning of when i was really just like i don't i don't get it but um uh yeah and i i did not like um 
I like Dawn even less. Um, so, so far, Rise was definitely better than than Dawn for me. I thought uh, Dawn was a lot, got a lot more serious, a lot darker, and uh, no fun. So, now here we are for the third one. <laughs> I, I do have to say, Carson's immortal refrain was reverberating in my head, which is, when are these apes going to fucking rise? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It cemented my legacy, yes. I, I'm st- I'm still wondering when they're gonna rise. I, you know, I mean, I would I would argue they they they've done risen already. I guess, yeah, you know, um, but yeah. So I mean, uh, obviously, as 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 Stephen mentioned, I am the hugest uh, supporter of the Apes franchise or the new Apes franchise on this podcast. Um, that first film, I don't remember where it was, but it was among my favorite films of that year, um, and. When the second one came out, I, I I honestly don't remember a whole lot about the second film um, other than, like, the basic plot of it. But I, I know that, like, my biggest complaint about the second one was that it wasn't as strong as what I thought the first one was. It was kind of one of those things where it's like it was never going to be able to live up to how much of a surprise that first one was for me. Like, I, I just love the story of of how, like, the cause of all this is it all started from a very good place, like somebody trying to do a good thing and actually genuinely trying to help people, but, you know, messing with nature and that ends up being the downfall of mankind. Like there, I just, there was a really strong narrative there. And there was a, there's a really interesting thing happening with the story of like when the apes become as intelligent as humans, yet we continue to treat them as if they're not as intelligent as us. Like there, there's, I, there's a lot of things that story was doing, a lot of complex emotions, a lot of complex things in the narrative that just made that, an amazing film to me, um, obviously not as amazing to everyone else in this podcast, but, um, yeah, moving well, forward. I'm oh, sorry. Oh no, I was just going to say, it's interesting because I, I remember, you know, the everyone or the general consensus on Dawn was that it was superior to rise. Um, so yeah, I, I actually, I went back and listened to some of the episode of Dawn, um, just to, to get a refresher course, um, it was interesting to, to listen to it now. Um, but uh, I think the main takeaway from that was that uh, people were expecting like a big throwdown and it, it did not go that way on the second one. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and the, the, the funniest thing is me talking a lot about <laughs> about uh, going to the Cine family and seeing Doug Benson movie interruptions and Chris, you can hear him rolling his eyes, going like, "Oh, what do you talk about pot?" Like, <laughs> like made some joke, you know, and then and then like, "Oh, yeah, whatever." And now the tables have turned. Yeah, now we're new, Chris. You can't see, but he's wearing a four twenty shirt. <laughs> oh, but yeah, now the tables have turned. That seems like something. But like, hey, uh, so I can't make it, you know, can't record Monday because we're going to the fat house to see Doug Benson Q and A. I'm just like, I don't care anymore, man. I, you know, for the record, I have cool. literally never, never, ever in my life seen a Doug Benson thing. No, but I mean, person. it's you know, it's a, it's like a thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, St- Stephen's definitely done the Doug Benson thing. Yeah, it was just funny to take a trip down, down memory lane. Yeah, good time. That's why is, is, that one is still up on the site from the time that the episodes were up there. Uh, it is, and you can listen to Rise, the Rise episode, because you had included it in the Dawn episode. So you mm, you do nice. get the the benefit of listening to the first one. Nice. If how, you go, how, how thoughtful of me. Nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I I, I, I as as mentioned, 
the biggest biggest supporter of this franchise and for obvious reasons was most likely the most excited person to see probably the only person who was legitimately excited to sit down to watch uh, war for the planet of the apes um at at the fat house with the q and a um you know just just yeah, just for I'm you there yeah <laughs> I'm surprised that you went without Steven. Like when Steven <laughs> said, "Like I'm not there," I was like, "Oh shit!" Like Chris I was, I was like, supposed Fuck. to go. I yeah, just yeah. couldn't make it at the last minute. The ironic, no. thing, the ironic thing too is that Steven and I had seats that were apart from each other, so we were <laughs> we were already going apart from each other. Oh but, no! Uh, this this is how excited I was I was for this film when I when I I I, I, I didn't get the normal email from the Fat House that says like, "Hey, there there are screenings available." click here to get your tickets. I was just scrolling through the calendar, which I do obsessively just to see if new stuff went up. And uh, (laughs) I realized that there was a showing that they didn't email about. I'm like, what the hell? So I clicked and there were like seats together on the outside, (laughs) but there were no seats together on the inside. Damn you, fat house. So I was like, fuck it. So I clicked, I bought my ticket, but I did send a link to Steven and it was like, hey, I bought a ticket for myself. You should grab a ticket too. Hey, I bought a ticket for myself. It's you know, it's like a three day. It's only three days prior to actual release, but you know, hey, like that's how excited Chris was that like he couldn't wait three days I, to see it. It was it was like four days. Well, it was like Monday and it came out Thursday. You know. Anyways, <laughs> maths aren't important. What is important <laughs> is here we're, we're here to give you guys a review of War for the Planet of the Apes. So we're gonna do that now. Uh, we're going to listen to a, the trailer for War for the Planet of the Apes, and then we're going to come back and give you guys a review. He's a smart one, isn't he? What are you going to name him? Does he look like just apes to you? He saved our lives. He was remarkable. Apes, apes, together! Strong, You're him. You're Caesar. We've been searching for you for so long. I do not start this war. I fight only to protect apes. Human gets sick. Ape gets smart. Then human kill ape. But not me. I run. There are times when it is necessary to abandon our humanity to save humanity. eventually you'd replace us that's the law of nature so what would you have done what did the humans promise you no matter what you do you'll never be one of them you are we are the beginning apes together strong Have you come to save your apes? I came for you. Hey, 
All right. So that was the trailer for War for the Planet of the Apes. Um, you know, in Rise, we had a scientist accidentally created a virus that wiped out mankind and made apes very, very smart. Um, in Dawn, those apes started messing some stuff up. I don't know. I don't remember. Cuba. They arguably began rising. <laughs> yeah, they started rising during the dawn. They um, rode some horsebacks, horses, <laughs> firing machine guns. I honestly could not tell you what happened. In, in I don't, don't remember the basic setup for dawn. But anyways, basically there, there, there was some, some apes started to actually fight back against the humans who, for obvious reasons, were pretty scared of this virus that the, that the apes had and the fact that there were just these crazy strong individuals who could beat the shit out of humans if they got out of hand. Um, but anyway, so it, here we are in War for the Planet of the Apes. Um, most of the planet has been ravaged by this virus that has killed everyone. Um, the apes have, for the most part, st- hung out in the forests of San Francisco. <laughs> They're like up up near Muir Woods or maybe okay. like further north. I, I can't tell exactly. Um, I feel like it takes place in Tahoe almost, this movie. <laughs> But basically, they've been hanging out in these forests. They've been trying to keep mostly to themselves. But uh, these roving bands of humans have come in to try to take them out for obvious reasons because they are scared of the fact that these things can possess this virus that has killed most of mankind. Um, and uh, essentially, uh, our hero, Caesar, um, just wants to get the, uh, get, get the rest of the ape colony Um to find a way out of the forest and try to find a land where they can go and live freely on their own without having to be fought by these humans. But one individual pack of these humans has plans for them of their own and uh, pose a threat to Caesar and his family and the rest of the apes that have been hanging out in the forest. And uh, that's where we are at the start of this film. So Stephen Miller, have it on good authority that... (laughs) You might not be a big fan of this film. <laughs> oh, snap. Yeah. So all right, I, I'm going to set the stage. So Saturday, <laughs> I helped a friend move. I was working hard all day. You know, had like a pretty long, exhausting day. And when I sat down at the fat house, I just wanted to have like an enjoyable blockbuster time. That's all I was looking for. <laughs> I know the Apes movies. <laughs> I understand what I'm getting into. I'm, like, medium positive on them. I, I was looking forward to it. I was thinking, like, this is going to be a good, like, two and a half hours. It's a war. The trailer showed me that, like, it'll be entertaining. Let's yeah. go. And there, you could call this movie many things, but you could not call it joyful. I don't think this is a joyless <laughs> movie. Um, well, in, in the movie's defense, I mean, this, this is depicting a joyless world. No, of course, of course, of course. So... There are plenty of movies I love it's that not are joyless. Of the Planet of the Apes. Joyless alone is not a <laughs> criticism, but joyless in a movie of CGI apes. There's just something about that that. So, so this movie, this is by far the most ape-centric of the trilogy. Like this movie, literally, is just following the journey of a few apes. It's it is the Return of the King of this franchise, complete with the like. 50 very dramatic semi-ending things where characters are going to have arcs that end like this is a movie that assumes you are very invested in these like five monkeys <laughs> <laughs> of, of the other like besides caesar you're you're kind of you know scratching your head going like yeah. okay now who was that one again yeah exactly no, yeah steven steven Everyone knows that apes together are strong. I know, I know. Like, I know. Apes why together would strong. you expect that this film wouldn't follow apes together so, being strong? I mean, that's it's apes together strong. 
So, so, like, so like this movie, it, it assumed an emotional investment that I just did not have at all for the characters of this film. Uh, and tonally, that almost made it be like, like I don't want to be too damning in a comparison because I think this was like an okay movie. I'm, I'm not going to say this was just like a horrible film or anything, but tonally it reminded me of some of the things I didn't get about Transformers 5 <laughs> where there would suddenly be this like heartstring tugging moment with the little girl and then a second later it's over and like something other, like some crazy thing is happening. And this felt like that where there were there were moments of sudden heartstring tugging, especially with this. There's a female character who's quite young in this movie who shows up, and I'm just gonna assume this isn't a spoiler to say uh, her father is shot and she doesn't give a fuck, and a gorilla she's never met dies and she cries and puts a flower behind his ear. <laughs> <laughs> well, in her defense, that father ain't never give her nothing, and that gorilla gave her a flower. It seems like the father maybe gave his whole existence for her. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, I, we're probably going to have to go into spoilers here to talk about plot-related things because this is the thing that makes me think Chris is at least going to be torn on this film because I think the Uh-oh. plot of this movie is pretty dumb. I, I think the places the movie decides to go are dumb. And the movie, the trailer, I think, is very misleading. And it, it is trying to offer you a war the war for the planet of the apes. This is the big one, right? They're going to go to the gates of Mount Doom and they're going to fight and there's going to be this epic battle. No. And it, it, oh. it takes shots that are framed to look like a war. And in context, they are not. This is like Holocaust for the planet of the apes. <laughs> well, let, I mean, let, let's, let, let's keep in mind, though, I mean, without getting too spoilery, it is a war for the planet of the apes. <laughs> I'm not talking about the title. I'm talking about. Sorry, it was four. I'm talking about the trailer. Like, there's even a line in the trailer where Caesar says, "Like, I did not start this war, but I will finish it." That's not what he says. He says, "I did not start this war. I fight only to protect apes." In the trailer, he says, "But I will finish it." I swear to God, he says that in the trailer. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. They. I mean. They'd probably cut it that way to get people excited. But, but in the movie, he says, I did not fight this war. I did not start this war. Koba started it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, remember Koba? Everybody cares about Koba. Yeah. So, anyway, and like, his I two wanna, strings. I don't want to go into, you know, <laughs> Well, he spoilers. was a commander. It's just, there are a few things in this movie that I enjoyed. I enjoyed Bad Ape. He was like, thank God for Bad Ape. Because Bad if Steve Zahn hadn't been there, there would have been literally zero joy in this film. Um, oh, gosh. All night tonight, I've been doing impressions of Bad Ape. Oh, um, Maurice is like my boy. I'm into Maurice. <laughs> Every yeah. time Maurice talked on, on screen, I got a little bit of a grin. And then being reminded that like the name is Maurice just made me laugh. So that <laughs> <laughs> why? Why is it's just such a funny name for I, this giant orangutan. I, I I get what Steven is saying. I, I could I can fuck with Maurice. Yeah. Yeah. Maurice is cool, but otherwise, <laughs> I, like I get, I understand the craft behind this movie. Like given that it is all CG apes, they do a reasonable job of making you empathize with caesar and feel bad for certain things that happen and 
I understand that, but it isn't enough for me. Like, it isn't enough for it to get beyond feeling silly that I'm following these CG apes and meant to care about their their anger and their family drama. It sounds and, like you're the problem. <laughs> I might be the problem. I just couldn't get into this movie at all. And I also don't think the movie gave me any tension worth keeping. Like, I think the Woody Harrelson character is pretty fucking dumb, to be honest. I think for his menacing thing, his whole worldview and everything that he stands for, there's no tension there. There's no thematic tension in no, anything that goes on th- here. thematic tension at all? No, I don't think so. I think the mechanics of this world are so ill-defined that he's either right or he's not. But whatever he is, he's not interesting. And we we can talk about that when we talk about how yeah. the movie ends. But... I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get into spoilers, but I think that once his once he go, I I I, I think that him. How can I say this? I, basically, I think that his whole um, what he's going for and why he's why he is such this like seemingly evil person. I thought that was totally like not fine in the context for like him doing the right thing. I mean, fine in the sense of like oh, like once it's revealed why he is this evil menace i was totally like yep yep no that that totally makes sense like i mean he's Mm -hmm. basically the the book version of i am legend like essentially it's a a very similar character um but yeah yeah i mean he really requires spoilers i just thought when i go back in this movie which is two hours and 20 minutes like this is a long movie i don't remember a central tension where our hero has to overcome something and then overcomes it. I just remember a series of things happening that were mostly beyond their control and the movie ending. And maybe this is the third part of a trilogy and it's just a series of endings and that's what it's supposed to be, but it did not... It was not riveting. It it didn't seem like it tried to get me on board at all. It just assumed... It took for granted that I would care about what happened to these characters and didn't try to earn me caring for any of them. So yeah, I, I found this to be totally tedious and... Without joy, there was just not much to recommend it. Carson Patrick, I can only assume that you agree. Uh, yes, I do. Um, with, the, but with, with, I, the, with the small exception that you probably hate Bad Ape for some reason. <laughs> oh, Bad Ape, dude. You never go full Bad Ape. Uh, <laughs> I, hot take, dude. Strange Wilderness is the better Steve Zahn monkey movie than this. <laughs> Uh, I do think Steve Zahn is typecast as the guy that goes crazy from being out alone for a long time. <laughs> but he's, uh, he's so great in this movie. So great. So great. I I didn't give two monkey shits. Um, <laughs> but, okay, so, but seriously, like, I, I mean, I, I kind of, you know, I kind of approached our review of Dawn in the same way where... You know, it's just kind of it's kind of fruitless to to try and argue um, this movie because, especially to someone that I know is going to absolutely love it. I mean, it's like you know, I'm just I'm just sort of wasting breath because it's like <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to convince someone otherwise when it's not going to happen. And um, so, I mean, I'm not I'm not coming here for a big throwdown, but um, yes, I was not looking forward to this third entry. Um, I. I, you know, it, it just comes down to this. Like, these movies are just not for me. Like, I, you know, accepted that, and uh, I accepted that going in. And um, and it met my expectations. Like, this is, um, like Steven said, it's a very joyless movie. Um, and I think it's uh, it's hard to watch because it is tedious. Like, it's not a fun movie. Um, 
And and Chris, you know, you did mention that it is supposed to be a joyless world, and I I totally agree. Um, and I think there are ways to do joyless and not make the audience, you know, bummed out. Um, and I was trying to think of examples where, you know, just in the past, you know, decade or just any time, like of a movie where it's a completely like dark, gritty take on a subject matter and um really the only thing that at least of late successfully that has pulled it off that that kind of really started all this was the dark knight um and and not even like the actual second movie not batman begins or dark knight rises because i think batman begins still had its foot in the comic book world and dark knight rises was like a blend of the two um and i think you know dark Dark Knight, the second one, just had, you know, it had all that stuff, and it was still, you know, an enjoyable movie. I think purely just because, you know, uh, Christopher Nolan is a is a top-notch filmmaker, obviously, and um, it's funny that walking out of war, I, I even said, like, you know, I was trying to think of people who can do, you know, just grim, but in a fun way, like David Fincher, um... Kerry Fukunaga on what he did with season one of True Detective. And then when I went back and listened to Don, those were both the examples I gave when talking about Don. So I was like, oh, at least I'm being consistent. <laughs> um, but so, I, I mean, but even something like, even something like, you know, Seven is incredibly dark and grim, but I feel like it's taking place in this heightened reality. Like it's just so absurdly over the top. Um, so you don't, feel bummed out while you're watching it and you know steven kind of jokingly mentioned that this is like holocaust for the apes and i had the exact same thought like like there is like that is the level of of like no fun zone in this movie like it's just like like i don't like i don't want to fucking see this like this is not fun um and it's it's very interesting to um to kind of see the reactions for this movie. Now, obviously they've been incredibly positive. Um, but some of the, some of the kind of, uh, you know, some of the reactions have kind of just been like, have kind of just been like what Steven said, where it's just like, ah, like, you know, I found it to be joyless and tedious. And I'm wondering if like, that is just finally wearing down on just regular movie going audiences. Like, I don't know. Like it's, um, I feel like in especially this summer, you know, especially when you had a movie like Spider-Man come out the week before, like if I'm going to see a summer movie, I want to beat the heat and have a fun time, fun two hours. Like I'm going to go see Spider-Man, not these dreary fucking apes. Like this is not uh, like uh, my idea of like summer fun. Um, and, and as you should, like, I, I don't think that I, I think that if you walked into this movie looking for summer fun, that's your fault um, because no, n- nothing yeah. about this, nothing about any trailer for this film tried to sell itself on summer of fun. This tried to sell it on uh, <laughs> desperation. No, I know. I'm just saying that like there are uh, um, it was just seemingly kind of obvious, like the, the, the box office opening and some other things that I was look, reading, you know, that, like, oh, like, clearly, like, something like Spider-Man, like, ate into this movie because it wasn't as, I don't know, it just wasn't as, like, I guess, bulletproof as people were thinking. But uh, um, 
No, like, I mean, you shouldn't go into this movie expecting it to be a fun time. I just, like, I, I'm just saying, like, if you were to choose between, you know, the two, obviously, I think Spider-Man is more of a enticing choice. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I think the main thing to me is just, like, I'm surprised there's not more of a disconnect with these movies, uh, especially this one, because it really feels like, you know... This is like a like one of these like dry like Oscar bait dramas like a forty five years of with apes. <laughs> you like, love I, I, shitting I, on forty five <laughs> years every episode. I, because like I mean that's just like I just like that like that type of drama just like hardcore straight drama. A lot of these Oscar bait movies, you know. But the thing uh, is, I I love hardcore straight drama. If I thought this were that, I would vibe with it. It's the it's the mix of trying to be that, but being CG apes who are just like, yeah, vaguely fighting and throwing feces. Like it's a weird combination of things. <laughs> I mean, it, it definitely doesn't jive because, yeah, it's like it, there's these CG apes and they're taking it so goddamn seriously. And <laughs> it's a goddamn and, serious movie. <laughs> but but again, like you can do serious, but without being like borderline like parody serious. Like this to me felt like uh, uh more so than the first two like this was like uh, definitely the most serious of the three and like to the point where just like they're apes like i don't like what do you want like uh, something about it is just so serious it's almost silly again um and and i i i just i don't know like that that type of like i i feel like with this one the the it it really felt more like a like a straight drama just dry ass drama that i am not a fan of like those movies aren't for me and um it's just interesting that like it felt almost like an oscar bait type of movie like uh you know they're they're really trying to be like this big cap to the end of this trilogy and uh, that's why i'm i'm surprised that there isn't a little more of a disconnect with this one in terms of like uh, the critics and the audiences, because like the audiences still gave it like an A minus cinema score. It's not like an It Comes at Night where it had like an eighty eight percent and then a D cinema score. You know where the audience are like, what "The fuck is this?" You know. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm kind of like I'm kind of surprised there isn't that disconnect with this movie because this feels like something like an art, almost a borderline art house style movie that the critics would just love. But, like, moder- you know, regular audiences just kind of just be like, I don't know what the fuck the critics are talking about. Like, that, it, it had that feeling in this one to me. And um, that just dryness and the, the seriousness of it was a real turnoff. Uh, I mean, they have been for all of them. But, um, I mean, I really, again, I'll say it again. Like, I, you know, I, I, I really miss the Franco days. Like, I at least in the first one you know we had franco he was doing his thing like i feel like rise still had its foot a little more in the uh the movie world you know we aren't trying to go for like this completely like gritty real world scenario which with a lot of just like you know like the not a lot of great visuals and stuff just bland to look at and i know that like the production design is obviously great and it's meant to look very dour and uh dystopian but like that's like to me like there's just there's not a lot going on there's not a lot of like creativity there like it's just it's it's a bummer man like it just like like it just give me some like it's it, i don't know it's just so weird because there's there's all these like um i just don't know you know i just i don't know like i just 
I'm starting to I'm starting to ramble because I just all I can think about is just how serious it is. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like, like we we should let Chris try to defend it for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, we'll now, we'll hand it over now that you two jokers are done talking. <laughs> um, so here's the deal with the War for the Planet of the Apes. Um, War for the Planet of the Apes is about two thirds a fantastic film and about one third just a piece of shit. <laughs> uh oh! Wow. And I, re- I, I really think that it comes down to execution and fully thinking out the ramifications of the world that you're trying to build. I think that uh, – I mean like I, I legitimately disagree with you guys on, um, on, on problems with the tone of the film and with like watching these CG apes. Like I love that this film is an ape-centric film. Um, for the first two minutes, I was like, mm, CG apes. And then, like, from the first time you see that, that <laughs> the first time you see Maurice, Maurice looks real, like real, Maurice, real, Nobody real. has questioned Maurice. No, no, no I know. I, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just saying we're that, We're like, on Team Maurice. Like, like every I, – but what I, what I mean that is, like, some of the other apes are Uncanny Valley apes, right? They're, oh, they're, they're, totally. They're a war for the Uncanny Valley. Mm-hmm. And Maurice – looks like fucking real-life goddamn orangutan yeah. <laughs> who, like, they brought in to help the other people learn how to pretend like they're an ape. I don't know. <laughs> like, it looks so real, it makes me angry that we can make things that look that real. I don't know why the orangutan looks be- better than the other apes, but... Dude, I can tell you why. is because the Maurice is fucking darker than all the other apes. Like Maurice look, is, like, what? red, and the other apes are black. Yeah, he has, like, a rich color palette, and fucking Caesar in them, they're all, like, brightly lit. Like, the, whatever the brightness on the VFX has turned up so we can see all his hairs and great like, hairs and I just like his face flaps. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this is, this is beyond the point. My, my point is that, like, for me, I very quickly blended into the film and was like, no, I'm watching apes. Like, let's be honest, when the apes are fully... I don't want to say erect. <laughs> when they're standing fully erect, <laughs> yeah. When, when they're when they're fully rose, uh, when, when the dawn when the dawn comes and the apes have risen up on their hind legs and they're standing all the way up, looks a little weird. Gonna be honest, looks strange. Looks a little King Kongy, mm-hmm. and I I just go like, have them always be hunched over because when they're hunched over, they look like some fucking pretty pretty damn good apes. It's just the when they're stood up or when they're riding horses. Which, let's be honest, I, I don't know how much an ape weighs. It's probably more than a horse is going to be happy to carry. Just saying. Like, these aren't Budweiser Clydesdales. Mm-hmm. These are just regular old garden variety <laughs> horses. <laughs> oh, that fucking horse rant, bro. Also, wait, where did they dig at? Um, no. <laughs> uh, but but, but, but in, all, in all seriousness, though, um, I very, very quickly was like, no, fine. It's cool. They're real. I'm, I was totally bought into it. You know, like I – it didn't take me long at all to settle into like, no, I'm watching real things. And I I love the – what we're going for. Like, you know, Carson's been w- waiting for the apes to rise. And though the apes have, have risen and have dawned – They have risen indeed. <laughs> yeah. um, it took them three days, three films. <laughs> they had risen. Um, but uh, – when 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 the apes rose, they were still a small set of apes, right? Like this is not like the virus has laid waste to the human human species, like all around the planet, um, because that's the way it spread. But the apes don't 
they're not rabbits. They don't instantly multiply and cover the planet with like a bajillion rabbits. Like the apes are still isolated to their one place, right? Like human race is dying off everywhere. Apes are still isolated where they are. There is a sense, a, 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 a scary level of, 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 of where these apes have to try to figure out how to survive. And they don't, they don't want to war anymore. Like Koba's gone. They just want to be left alone and they want to survive on their own. And they can't because they're being systematically hunted out by humans who are scared to death that they're going to kill them. And I totally bought into to, uh, the level of fear that Caesar had for just trying – like we want to leave the forest. We want to go to the desert up north and just be happy. Like we don't, <laughs> we don't want to be here in the forest being hunted, right? Like they weren't trying to – they did not start this war. They just wanted to get the hell out and let, let humans let, leave them alone. But they couldn't. That's like the, their main arc. When we learn more about the human arc um, of Woody Harrelson's character and what he's trying to do, I was I was on board for that. I was on board for the idea of like what he was trying to do. Where their two stories overlap is where things start to break down. And like plot beats, I'm fine with that being a story. But the context for the universe we're in it sort of doesn't make sense when like characters have the decision to end everything that's happening, but they don't because they're trying to facilitate their own thing, which technically wouldn't be a problem anymore if they would just do this other thing that they could do. Right? There, there are a bunch of little silly problems like that that make the ending of this film start to fall apart. But like every individual piece of it is great, has weight, is very, very interesting and I really got invested in, in each of these different groups of people's stories. But the problem is just as a whole, it's not cohesive because you're, you're following one arc over time. And while these stories are really strong stories by themselves, they're not strong stories as a whole. Stories together, strong. This film, stories were apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I don't know. It, it's... Yeah, like I, I was very, very on board with this film, and I think it's really – at the end of this film, there are some things that happen, and let's just say that things come sliding down, mm-hmm. and the plot starts to fall apart, and it sort of made me retroactively start to pick up how, part the things that had come before that. Like I was so invested that I was not analyzing the context for the story that I was watching. I was just like, oh, no, I'm totally on board for what's happening right now. This is, this is incredible storytelling. The, the journey these characters are going on is great. And then at the end, it basically called into question everything I had watched for the last two and a half hours. And I was like, I, I kind of, I, I almost literally out loud said, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. and that is a huge problem for this film and it's kind of like one of those things where I, I've said this before on past films I don't remember which films they were but it was like if the projector died about 75% through this film and I didn't get to watch the rest of it up until now I would say this film was fantastic and having finished the film it's hard for me to say that um, so I I liked part of the journey of these characters uh, I don't think the film executes the way that it should. And ultimately, um, it's hard for me to celebrate this film because of where it ends. And because this is closing out a trilogy and theoretically an entire story, um, because we'll get into it in spoilers, but I think there are no films to go forward. 
they would make no sense if they had made another film after this. Um, so I think because you're closing off a trilogy and an entire franchise, theoretically, you did something really weird and you added levels to the weight of certain things right at the end, which make no sense and call into question, like why we did any of this for the last two hours and a half. So. Ah, you guys are finally seeing the light. Come, <laughs> come to my come to my side. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm still actually, not taking back anything about the first film. I said it no. calls into question war. It doesn't call into question rise. I'm just uh, I am just somewhat a little surprised to be honest that uh, that Stephen was uh, negative on it uh, more in the negative and uh, Chris wasn't a hundred percent all in like fully tumescent loving the shit out of this like we're all growing (laughs) (laughs) so uh i mean it kind of just proves like these movies uh staying power uh because i i uh i uh it's funny because you know like because because chris was like i don't remember what happened in the last one it's like yeah there you go (laughs) they're very remember Uh, the context of caesar trying to be good and not kill humans and coba being like fuck this, we're going to kill a lot of humans and basically starting the war. But I don't remember the entire beat-to-beat relationship of the previous film. But, I mean, it is... It will be interesting to see, like, if in, like, ten years' time, like, how these three movies will be remembered. Like, uh, because, like, you know, you see things like, the greatest film trilogy of all time, like, one of the greats, and what a great ending, and I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, uh, you know, I don't begrudge them for thinking that, but... Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see like what kind of staying power they have because I think that overall, like my, I mean, one of the complaints that I've had like throughout this whole series was that like none of these movies aren't really doing anything different or new. Like, I mean, we've seen a lot of this stuff handled in in a lot better like sci-fi, you know, apocalyptic dystopian movies. Like, um, you know, th- it's not really doing anything new. I think like the uh, the obvious. Uh, calling card on this one was the was the apes like the apes effects um and um i i do agree with steven that the the characters are not great like uh, uh woody harrelson is a you know i always love woody harrelson but i mean his character is pretty useless in this movie um and i i thought the same thing in dawn like all the human characters were not interesting whatsoever whoa um, whoa whoa what about what's his nuts i have to talk to caesar <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Jason Clark. Yeah, Jason Clark. Um, yeah, he. You know, I, he was I just, great. He was great in Don. I, I mean, uh, yeah, like they all have great casts. I just I always think that they're kind of wasted with their potential. Like I, I don't know. Like I've never thought the human characters have been that interesting. I guess again in Rise, like, uh. Franco had a little bit to work with, a little more, but so, um, so it's almost as if the humans aren't the important part of the story. No, sure. So no. what, what, I, what I was going to say is, I, I think <laughs> yeah, these no, movies, these movies are very like plot and world building centric. Like that's where the joy of them come from, for the most part. Is like you know how it ends, or like you already know the epilogue, right? Like you know, you know the original Planet of the Apes movies, and this yeah. is about like building up this world it's kind of doing what Ridley Scott is trying to do with the Prometheus series now of like let me show you the grand arc of the universe that led to this thing and what 
what felt weird about this movie is I really feel like they they sidelined the plot and the world building or at least made weird left turn decisions with it in favor of making it a character movie as if you're caring about like the journey of the four apes in in the winter like like the journey of the you know we all love caesar and maurice and that gorilla we don't know the name of and the other gorilla i don't know the name of (laughs) and it really felt like it tried to like double and triple down on like these are characters and they're going on an amazing journey that we feel emotionally about and to me that was what really felt mismatch do you really not feel that i mean so you have you have caesar desperately wanted to not be coba he wanted apes to be able to survive on their own without having to kill humans to do it. And this film sees Caesar sort of embracing aspects of Koba within himself. And mm-hmm. while, yeah, maybe you weren't trying to watch Fellowship of the Apes, but it is Caesar going off on his own and these apes saying like, no, apes together strong. We will come with you because that's what we do. We protect each other and we're not going to let you go off and do this insane thing by yourself. And it's sidelining uh, Caesar's dream of getting all the apes to a new territory. But he's like, he literally says, you guys go to new territory. I need to go do this thing that I don't want to put you guys through, but I feel has to be done. And I thought that was a really strong, I, I don't know, I, 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 I thought that was done well, and I didn't feel like I was le- leaving the story we thought we had. I thought this is totally part of Caesar's arc, and uh, like I was, I was on board for it. So I think on, on paper, I think the arc is interesting. I mean, Caesar is Moses, right? Like, that's the story. He's leading the slaves out of Egypt and he sees someone being harmed and he speaks up to stop them. Like there are many beats trying to get to the promised land. It, it yeah. It's like this kind of rich character supposedly. But I, I, I just felt like actually watching him when you follow him, he has two modes. He is either wise Caesar or vengeful, angry, making the wrong decision Caesar. Yeah. And there is no in between. There's no transition that I see there in his well, there, there's arc a, at all. There's I just a, see him as like doing a thing because he has to do it, and then he feels bad, but he's doing it, but he feels a bad. Pretty, a pretty clear transition, and it involves a, a waterfall. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Uh, yeah, okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. Oh, man, like, that, was, that was the laugh, uh, tried to stifle laughter moment that was like, we're so serious. I was like, really? <laughs> For me, at least. Yeah, it was fucking serious as hell, bro. Oh no! So yeah, I'm but in... I mean, I was—it was so serious that it became funny. Where I was just the, like, the, oh, the moment like, you're referencing, I think w- was fine. Like, I was not off board at that point. Like, it, that was building up a character that you feel for, and very heavy things happen. It's the movie after that. It's the two hours that continue with it, where I felt like his arc is not interesting. Like, at least, like, I don't, I don't feel like there's an. There is well, so a like saying, conscious person inside of his head who is going through some moral dilemma. I just felt so like it when had he transfers from Moses to Jesus is this when he started <laughs> uh, having the issue. <laughs> no, I think the whole film is Moses. <laughs> when they had him, they had him tied up, you know, like Jesus on the cross. Sure, there. yeah. So there is some of that too. But yeah, they yeah. they do that for him acting like Moses in a very specific way. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I mean, just feel like they, these they're really going for a very serious character development in this yeah. one i mean the the way the movie is framed it begins with caesar and it ends with caesar like this is the caesar movie yeah, yeah. and 
Yeah. For me, he just did not work as a character that I believed enough that I could be invested in. Yeah, I mean, like, the this this movie is definitely reliant upon uh, you being invested in these characters over the course of the last two movies. And if you're not on board with them, then, you know, it's, you're definitely not going to be on board now because, yeah, it's, it's, it's the most ape-centric. And, you know, I, I totally get, you know, yeah, it's like the apes are the stars and they should be the stars. Uh, but I do think that there should be at least some decently developed uh, human characters to to counteract that. Because, I mean, like, that's obviously where the tension is coming from, is that there is a, you know, there is this this battle between the, the apes and the humans. And, like, if, if we don't care about anyone, any of them, then it's just like, whatever. It's like, yeah, obviously the intention is to, uh, to root for the apes, but... Um, I don't know, like, they tried to give uh, Woody Harrelson's character, like, some kind of a tragic backstory to, you know, to make you sympathize with him, to, you know, to be like, oh, like, I get why he's doing these motivations, but, like, I don't know, it just, it was very flimsy, I thought, and, um, I mean, he's never, he's never truly sympathetic. You, he's understandable, but I think there's a difference between understandable and sympathetic, because... like even when he's when he's like exposition dumping his backstory, yeah, he's like, so I did this, and you're like, monster. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, but I think he he became obviously you know became corrupted from this this trauma that happened to him and you know his family and stuff. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm just saying it's a it's it's not exactly it's a pretty standard backstory and. Uh, you know, there's a lot of like uh, Colonel Kurtz imagery with him to the point where there's like they've graffitied on a wall Apocalypse Now, which you know made me yeah. roll my eyes. I was gonna that, say Apocalypse Now seemed like a big touch point for his character. I think yeah. I, I think all of the graffiti text in the sewer system was was pretty dumb. <laughs> like Apocalypse yeah. Now was a little too a little too on the nose. It was very on the nose. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, but the, there was, oh, well, going back to, you know, obviously I've stated that, you know, I'm not a fan of the, uh, the, the ape CG in this movie, um, or in this series. Um, and, um, yeah, like I just, I mean, I think that is a big part of like, you know, kind of like a big turnoff for me. Cause you know, you're not really getting into invested into it it's you're kind of just like oh like i'm just seeing a lot of things that aren't existing on the same plane and i i think that you know i I think i've said this before on on one of the others but like i feel like if they just showed the footage of andy circus and all the actors like in their mocap suits like if they just kept the footage like that for the final movie like that at least that would have been an angle like him acting with like the rig on you know instead of like like basically unfinished footage, like at least that would have been. So like I, I, I could get more invested into that than the than the actual finished product. You, you may have a chance to. I was listening to uh, the podcast, the business, and they were interviewing uh, the filmmakers um, or the director, and he said there is a cut of the film that doesn't have the apes. It has just like it's a it, the entire film with just yeah. all the mocap uh, stuff, and mm. uh, he said it would be cool to release it um, 
as like an extra on the DVD or something like that. Doesn't mean we're ever going to get it, but there right. is a there is a literal cut of this entire film without the apes, apes minus apes, and uh, not strong. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let the less stronger cut. See, um, I feel differently because I feel like if this had been a movie about two warring tribes of human or something like another fantasy, I would not have given a fuck still. <laughs> like there's something about oh, the yeah. plotting of this movie and the way it's framed that it isn't the fact that they're apes. It's just the fact that I haven't been told why I care about what's going on. Oh yeah. Like, told I, in the I, last two movies, <laughs> but not on the personal level. Like I get that Caesar is an art, like he follows through in the different movies. Like, you know who he is. Yeah. I don't think I went I just, into this movie thinking like, God, I hope nothing happens to Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I get, I get, this is a very bad comparison because these films are universes Passion apart. Of the Christ. No, no, no. <laughs> I was going to say like <laughs> Toy Story 3, if it was the only Toy Story film, would not even be nearly as good as it is. Sure. But it is made elevated by the fact that like, we have been with these characters for so long and they went through the journeys they went to in the two previous films. So I feel like War for the Planet of the Apes, the film itself is not supposed to make you care about the journey of these apes. It's supposed to show you a journey that you should already care about. And if you didn't already care about it, this is not going to make you care about it. Right. I guess what's weird is, for one thing, that that is definitely true. That's why this it felt like it was going for the third movie in a trilogy, Emotional Beats. The difference yeah. is, I think, I can't think of another trilogy where there's an arc where for the first two films, you aren't necessarily just following these characters, right? Like, this does a switcheroo where the first movie, you are not just like, I'm seeing the world as Caesar, and that is my through line through the film. And the second, my memory of it, too, was pretty even between the humans and the apes for the most part. And I think that's why going into the third one, feeling like, now we're all on board. We're all on this side. Who ha- like it? It doesn't carry the nostalgia that a movie like Toy Story has, and I know yeah, not yeah. just in scale, but just in in construction. Yeah, yeah, like it feels like this is a movie that up until the end they wanted it to be. We're going to tell you how this unfolds, and then at the last minute they're like, "No, we're actually going to tell you about this character who you love." And for me, that just didn't that didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I I totally agree. The fact that if it had just been humans versus humans conflict, like it, I mean, it still would have been just as boring. If this, like, if this had been like a you know like a Hunger Games sequel or something, we're just like, oh, like it still would have been. I, I feel like it's it, it still would have been just as yeah, yeah, mocking yeah. mocking J part two. This like, is that's a mocking about this. Yeah, this is a mocking J part one or something. It, it, but and, uh, I, and I will say too, just just to, just to clarify is. When I'm saying I do care about these characters, I care about apes as a character, not individual apes. Like the mm. one weird bald ape that is hanging out in the group that like mm. shows up. He's like, oh, Caesar, I'm back. I found this hut. <laughs> like that ape fucking don't care. Like yeah. Caesar, Maurice, apes as a collective unit. That's it. Like, well, <laughs> bad ape. Bad ape is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All gone. Long time. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I just I just want to make that clear. Like the apes as a as a character group is the thing that I care about and that there are stakes for. Like individual random ape gets shot. Sure. 
that they're just an extra, right? <laughs> but it's like the journey that the apes as a whole are going on is still something that I was heavily invested in. And what kept me up until fairly near the end before I started to go like, wait a fucking second, what the hell is this movie trying to do? But yeah. Yeah, but you couldn't see it coming. Like, I feel like all of these movies are so predictable. Like, I went in going like, I'm pretty sure this is how it's going to end. And it ended exactly the way I thought it was going to. <laughs> like, I'm da- I'm not like, I'm not trying to be all like, oh, I called it or whatever. It's just like, it's just so easy. I feel like to... I'll, I'll have to have you elaborate more on that statement and spoilers. Yeah, because, we should maybe jump right. to spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I was just, I, I just wanted to say real quick that like, um, I, I feel like they really do try to get you invested in the, just like the apes as a whole. Like, you know, Chris said that he didn't care that, you know, Joe Blow Ape got killed off or whatever but like i really do think that you know like they want you to care that they all make it out alive like uh and again like the you know outside of caesar and uh and maurice you're just kind of like who like i i don't even know like um and yeah and i think that the fact that this is an apes versus humans conflict uh just makes it the the seriousness of it elevates it to a level where it's just like I can't take it seriously because it's just so like you know they're they're acting like this is the Godfather Part Two um, and it's not like it's just like they're they're just they're still apes like uh, you know I don't know that's just it, the 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 serious approach to this this franchise like i just didn't think worked at all like from the start because i don't think you could really ever get on board with the apes in like this type of tone and stuff like i don't know that's i that's probably just me but again it comes off like very like so serious that it's just like now it's back to like well i wish it was fully back to silly but there were only a couple parts where i was just like oh man yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think pretty soon here we should get into spoilers. So let's start by just getting to our verdicts so that the people who haven't seen the film yet can listen to that. Um, so Stephen Miller, if you're going to give us a must-see, reckon with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or must avoid, what would you give it? I'm giving pass with the caveat only to handicap for the fact that maybe there is a mood I could have been in where I was more involved in the series. I just think if if you are not already very excited to see what happens to Caesar, like if you're not ready to just give to Caesar what is Caesar's, you might not. <laughs> There's It's very unlikely this movie is going to win you over. This movie is not winning any new converts. Um, the caveat no. being maybe you are among the tribe that cares tremendously about what happens to him, in which case maybe this will be enough. I just thought as a film on its own, this movie does not, it does not offer much, and plot-wise, I think it has lots of problems, too. Carson Patrick. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, these movies are not for me. Um, I am on uh, Team Old Matt Reeves, uh, <laughs> pa- uh, Paul Bearer Cloverfield Matt Reeves. Um, I'm not on Team Apes Matt Reeves. Um, I, I, I gotta give it a must-avoid. Like, I... It met my expectations of it, of me not liking it. So I guess that's, I can say that. Oh, I, uh, truly the one positive thing about this movie um, is uh, it's traditionally shot. Like there's no whack-ass shaky cam or anything. If there was, that would have just been, that would have been an extra nightmare. 
So there's none of that, thankfully. It's a it's a traditionally shot movie, and I thank them for doing that. So that is the one positive. But other than that, not for me. All right. Well, uh, like I said, it, it it would be a huge recommend for me if it could like fix all the problems with the the last third of the film, um, and more specifically, the last five minutes of the film. Um, but. I'm probably just gonna have to give it a wait for rental. Um, I Whoa. think that uh, it's 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 worth finishing out the franchise and figuring out what all happened in the end of it. But I think this film starts very strong. Uh, could have been an amazing closer to an amazing franchise, and um, instead, I don't know, it just does not execute the way that it should on on this stuff. So, unfortunately, wait for rental. So uh, again, shocked. Went against, he went against the ninety four percent and was not fully <laughs> on board. I for sure thought this was a slam dunk, must see. It, oh my god, it's my birthday type of thing. If, if it weren't you for know? if it weren't for the direct ending, um, I would give it probably a reckon with a caveat. The caveat would be that like it just didn't execute perfectly, and there are some plot holes in it. But a baffling ending, which we will get to shortly. Um, hmm. th- there is just some some shit that happens. That... <laughs> there's some hell. There's some helicopters transporting them up to the the spaceship, what? and I don't even remember what that argument was. What's like... with the eagles that showed up? Fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, fools! <laughs> um, it's not even what he says to the. Eagles. I don't remember what he says. <laughs> what he says to the Balrog? <laughs> no, with the Balrog. Uh, you say flee, you fools. He says fly, you fools, but he says okay. it to the, the hobbits, not yeah, in regards to the hobbits. eagles. <laughs> I don't know. Hobbits, eagles, same difference. <laughs> Anyways, we're talking about apes, not balrogs, Wait. not hobbits, not eagles, Land not the wizards. Tolkien hand down. Uh, not, not axes, not bows. Um, but yeah, so we're going to close this out right now. Say goodbye to everybody. Music's going to fade up, and then when we come back, there is going to be a spoiler section where we're going to deep dive into all the stuff that happened in this. But for now, for the people that aren't going to stick with us, Stephen, why don't you tell them where they can find you? You can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. Carson Patrick, where can't people find you? Uh, They can't find me, but I will say, uh, not to steal Chris's thunder, but... uh... Uh, you can find Chris it. at Christopher <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, I was just going to say, like, uh, please leave us a review on iTunes, uh, preferably one that uh, criticizes us all, but slightly <laughs> favors me, and then I'm never told about it. And then, you know, Chris and Steven just never tell me. And then I kind of vaguely find out through a, a, an episode, like, years later. That's the best way to comment on the spoiler warning iTunes page. I, I'm pretty sure we've definitely talked about that review before. Um, it's also no. from like 2016 or 2015 or something like that. So not not to my face though. Like not like hey, I just got we just got this new iTunes review. Do you think it favored you? I can't tell. Uh, yeah, it, we're talking it, about the one that called you an idiot so much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the one that said you're smart but you can't speak. Yeah, I'll take it, man. That's. That's fine. It's like the apes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Shots fired. Uh, but yes, if you'd like to leave us a review, go ahead. I'm going to say that in a second. Anyways, people can find me at Christopher. Uh, <laughs> I said, I just said, I, yeah. I apologize for stealing your thunder. All right, here we go. 
People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, um, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Uh, as Carson said, you should most definitely give us a review on iTunes because that helps people discover the show and all that kind of jazz. Uh, if you're one of the people that followed us in uh, from Overcast, uh, if you like this episode, you should click the little recommend thing so other people who follow you on Twitter can find uh, this episode and episodes that you like there. Um, Yeah, music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to War for the Planet of the Apes. That is playing right now under us, and uh, that music is going to fade up, and when we return, it will be spoilers for War for the Planet of the Apes. So we are back. This is spoiler territory. It is the after uh, part of our review of War for the Planet of the Apes. We are talking full-blown spoilers. So if you haven't seen the film yet, beware because we gone spoiled the shit out of this whole movie. Um, yeah, I mean, go go see the film or maybe not since it wasn't highly recommended on this episode. <laughs> but you can listen to what's uh, what's going on. So here we go. Spoilers. Now guys, do we want to talk about early on stuff, or should I just should we skip to like the very very end just to kind of talk about? Some... I I think we can skip to the very end. Okay. Like I have no problem with the early stuff. Caesar's family gets murdered by the colonel, and that brings him into like a, a rage where he goes maybe against his better instinct to get revenge instead of bringing the tribe to safety. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's fine. Like that's like a standard movie type thing. I mean, I, I'm talking like end end end. I'm talking mm-hmm. the avalanche. Right, um, because uh, uh, let's go a little before Avalanche. Okay, okay, okay. Like, I, the Avalanche is a huge problem for me, like huge problem. Okay, I mean it's a huge Tri- problem for triple everyone. X, triple X did it better, guys. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's it Force Majeure did it better, you guys. <laughs> hey, I don't even like Force Majeure. <laughs> um, but no, I want to go a little bit back because for me, the plot started to fall apart when it started elaborating on Woody Harrelson's motivation and his motivation is that the virus has evolved i guess in certain people to cause muteness and like a lack of motor skills like making humans revert more toward primateness i don't want to say like apes because it isn't really clear actually well Um, okay well so so let's start off that like the the initial the initial uh thing was that james franco used some sort of uh ape virus as a way to to spread the thing that would help theoretically cure Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and dementia, et cetera, whatever. And uh, what that turned to be something that was highly deadly to humans. Now, the humans that are alive on the planet by the time of dawn of the Planet of the Apes, they still have the virus in them. Mm-hmm. They are just immune to the effect. Like, they, they are not dying from it. So, they're, like, basically all of humanity that has survived 
is a carrier of the virus because mm-hmm. it is a, a virus that spread to the entire planet, um, except for maybe, I don't know, Eskimos in the middle of some like weird place. Uh, right? Inuits, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, <laughs> well, the virus wasn't in you any of them. Oh, zing. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but uh, so, so cut to this film where we like, let me, let me back it up. You're fine with every human on the planet being a car- carrier of the current virus. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I, I'm, with, I'm with it so far. So okay. the virus starts evolving. Certain people are manifesting it in a way that is like degrading their motor skills and their speech abilities. Yeah. Woody Harrelson. So first of all, I want to know the mechanics of that because it's happening to just a few people. Woody Harrelson freaks out and sees it that they are going to spread this new evolved version of the virus. So he wants to just kill them to yeah, wipe it out. He wants to wipe out all carriers of this new strain of the virus or people yeah. who have allowed this virus to mutate, kill them all so that the only people still alive are people who aren't showing signs of this of this uh, issue. Right. But but the alternate the alternate group, the other humans in the picture do not believe in this. So my question is, like, this would make it sound like the virus is not. The new evolved form is not that contagious because there's a disagreement over how to handle it. And yet, like, cut to a few scenes later, Woody Harrelson just touches a doll that this girl touched and immediately he has this thing. That already seemed dumb to me. Like, because either either people are getting the virus, the new virus immediately, in which case there's no argument, like quarantine them, if not kill them, like quarantine them at least. Or they are not, in which case he's seen as like a crazy guy who's shouting rain is coming and well, nobody believes him. Well, no, so, so it, the, the disagreement is not over whether this thing is very deadly and spreads really easily. The disagreement is whether there is a chance to find a cure for it. So the, the good humans are the ones who they're still quarantining people. Like mm-hmm. the, the base that they hold out on, uh, Bad Ape refers to that base as like a jail for sick people or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's described as a place where like the sick people were being herded or whatever to, to keep them isolated. So it, it wasn't that one group of humans was like, nah, it's cool, you can hang out with us. It was that they were like, well, we're not going to kill you, but you're definitely off to the side. Maybe we can find a vaccine or something to prevent the spread of this virus. Um, and Woody Harrelson's character was deciding that, like, no, the old, like we did this once, right? There was a point in time where some people were sick and other people weren't, and it and it took over the entire planet and killed most of humanity. And right now he's like, we're already, you know, one percent of one percent of one percent of of what's left of humanity. So <laughs> so why should we allow that to happen again? we're just immediately going to start killing any person who gets a bloody nose or slurs a word. And I, that didn't excite me, but like, I totally was fine with like, no, I understand you. You're not a good person. You're doing things wrong, but I understand the motivation behind what you're doing. Like desperate times call for desperate measures. And you're in a world where you already saw 99.99999% of the world's population die in a very short period of time. And now the thing that you were lucky enough to be immune to has mutated into something you're not lucky enough to be immune to. That, I totally bought that. So, like, when you put it that way, I 
can see it. I guess for me, it, it's the fact that the virus evolved into this thing makes it sound like he's railing against an inevitable thing. And also the implications of the virus, as far as the little girl in the movie are concerned, do not seem to be anything except for speech, right? Like she still seems like well, she, a totally fully functioning human being. Well, for her, it's speech and nosebleeds. But it could also be a thing that like child's immune system is affected differently. But like it, 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 who knows? Like at, at this point in the time, that's the thing is Woody Harrelson is acting with no knowledge of, of no information other than fear. And that is a thing that, you know, I don't know, people in society but in do, high do ranking Do you believe levels, this many people would follow him in like murdering kids and their families i mean you are that's the thing there's a character in this movie who is like the one who got away like the one who is allowed to be set free and caesar shows him mercy which is never paid off by the way like i know it would be kind of obvious for them to pay it off but it was weird to me that they kept lingering on him and then like he literally never shows mercy back yeah doesn't he take a grenade from donkey yeah at the end like i thought the whole thing was be like uh i'm letting you go no but he's like no i'm gonna kill you (laughs) yeah yeah he's like no screw this wait donkey's gonna kill me oh shoot yeah i I don't want (laughs) to dwell on it too much it's just i i didn't believe the group of people there and like the apocalypse now comparison is reasonable because you are meant to believe that like you know, desperate times cause people to go crazy or cause them to be much more brutal than they yeah. normally would have been. It's just, in this case, I didn't get it because the the fact that it's a virus they all have just evolving or manifesting differently seems like you're not going to stop it by, like, murdering people who show the symptoms. Yeah, so, like, I I I am on board so much as I believe people would follow and be on the side of murdering people who show symptoms. What I don't believe is that this force would be willing to fight the theoretical rest of humanity in their own separate war while the war for the apes is going on. Um, That's where it starts to break down. On top of the fact that like, oh, wait, we're going to start killing humans now because like humans who aren't infected because we disagree over what to do with the infected people. Like that's one step removed from like, <laughs> what should all atheists call themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like a total South Park situation where it's like we all hate apes and viruses. We should kill each other because we don't agree on how to kill the apes and how to kill the virus. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it, It's very, very silly. Um yeah, so, like, that's where it starts to fall apart for me. Also, from the fact that, like, if the apes, if the virus stemmed from the apes, and the apes may be part of why it mutated, you have the rest of the apes in cages. You could execute the rest of the apes, and then, I mean, yes, they need the apes to build the wall because of the oncoming war, but it's like, it becomes this, like, Russian nesting doll of plot pieces that require the other plot piece to make sense. And this is really where like the film as a whole starts to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the avalanche is fucking stupid. <laughs> well, okay. So uh, do, before we move to the avalanche, do you have anything to add or comment on Carson from that last little bit? I, I don't, to be honest with you, when he was describing, uh, when Woody <laughs> was describing about the humans, like why the other humans, why they were coming to attack, uh, my eyes glazed over. Like, I don't even know why. Like, you <laughs> you explaining it now, I'm like, oh, okay, now that makes sense, yeah. But, like, in the movie, I was just like, oh, wait, he's talking about some humans coming. Uh, whatever. I mean, I really <laughs> didn't care. I, I, I know I'm not, like, I'm not saying that to be funny. Like, I just, like, I 
was so not invested in the plot of this movie. Um, yeah. I was just kind of, you know, I was just kind of, I was, I had my popcorn and I was, I was, you know, just waiting it out, man. That's all yeah. I was doing. All right. Well, so all these things, while there are problems, they were enough to let me like go like, well, the movie as a whole is doing enough on its own that like I could still support this film up until the point of the avalanche mm-hmm. <laughs> because the avalanche here's the problem with the avalanche oh okay good <laughs> the no, avalanche... I, I i actually want to know what your jet fuel Be... doesn't melt snow <laughs> <laughs> no, no so here's the thing is is correct me if i'm wrong the avalanche literally wipes out all of humanity all of the yeah. living humans left on the planet. Yeah, because we're operating under the assumption that the only humans are these two warring groups that no, no, show up. But so they're, they're, earlier, when Woody Harrelson is talking to Caesar, Caesar's like, "I know you're trying to meet up with more humans," and Woody Harrelson's response is, "Huh, more humans?" He basically, without directly saying it, says, "No, this is the rest oh, yeah. of no, the I, humans." No, I think it is the implication in the movie. I just think that's yeah. already dumb. No, no. So that, that yeah, like so. Yes, the virus spread and killed everybody, but it, why would Americans, specifically ones that live in Silicon Valley, be immune to the virus? But the rest of the rest of the world, yeah, what China's still be immune to it? Well, that's, that's the good. fourth apes movie. <laughs> but no, so here's the thing: is like, okay, so all of humanity has died except for this one army who's going to attack this one other army who they just let have the base of weapons. That so was also, right. there are no women and children. No, there there is one woman in the in the forces. Mm-hmm. I I just mean like no civilians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no civilians left except for the one hut. Actually, that was an ex-soldier because he ran away when he started getting a nosebleed or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, like there is something about like this movie could have ended with them triumphantly defeating or letting the army of snow dudes defeat the the. Woody Harrelson's army and then like hooray it's over and now the apes run away and then we're back to a normal war between leftover mankind but like they're like no 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 we probably aren't going to make another one so avalanche kills all the humans and then apes still go to the desert all of the humans are dead all of the humans are dead Caesar knows all the humans are dead he could just go before he dies from the arrow wound to his side. He could just go, guys, that was literally all the humans. If we still like the forest, we can just stay there. If we like the beach, we can stay there. We don't have to go to the fucking desert because the old movies were in a desert. Like, the only reason they still go is so it can homage the fact that the original one was red dirt everywhere. <laughs> like, I mean, the, the only other way I would have read that, and I did, I thought all of this was very stupid, Um but but the only way I read that was like he doesn't know for sure that there's no one else, right? He they've been surprised before. Yeah, they're surprised by bad, oh, bad ape. There could be bad human. Yeah, yeah, there could be bad human. Like Charlton Heston might be out there somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> or or Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Um. But I, for me, so I I get also from- if it's snowing in the Bay Area. If you go north of the Bay Area, why is it? De- I don't. I don't know geography. Well, so I, <laughs> I, I saw it as there in like Tahoe, and then they go to Nevada or something. <laughs> go take the one hundred and one to the five, bro. <laughs> <laughs> don't you even ever go skiing in Tahoe, oh, bro? A- apes don't know north to south. 
I, I guess I think not. they were they were North Star and they crossed over to Ray now. <laughs> Still all right. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, what I didn't like about it more than just plot wise was the. This basically is a movie that ends as a giant Dave's Ex Machina, right? Like, okay, oh, yeah. sure. Caesar has some agency in what happens. Certainly, apes being together and strong, that didn't matter one fuck all for, like, the way that the war goes down. Yeah. That's just, like, they happen to escape, you know, chicken run style in time. <laughs> um, <laughs> the real thing that happens is Caesar is trying to protect people. He's trying to protect his tribe by trying to... <laughs> kill the guys that are shooting at them and accidentally causes an avalanche and that wipes out humanity. That isn't gratifying. Yeah, There's no not. like gratifying resolution to an arc that this built towards. This is also, not like the ring going into Mount Doom. Also, also, Woody Harrelson understands that they got to like fortify themselves within this mountain that has all the guns because why not? Um, so he's like, what if I get apes to build a wall? To protect us from this oncoming army. I'm going to build a wall and the apes are going to pay for it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I thought the same thing where I was like, oh, I can't but, wait for the think pieces. But, but beyond, beyond that, um, beyond that right there, which I'm going to not touch. Um, he's so smart that he knows they need a wall, but not smart enough to move the giant fucking canisters of gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hang it. It's like, oh, we're gonna get attacked right here. So let's build a wall. Oh, the gasoline tanks? No, no, no that'll be fine. I mean, like, <laughs> sure. mis- missiles, missiles don't melt gasoline tanks. No, no, hell no. I mean, and that is such a movie trope, right? Of like every enemy fortress having this thing that one shot is gonna explode it and destroy yeah, yeah. the whole fortress. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I mean, and that's going back to what I said. Like, not just this third movie, but all of these new apes movies have had just like very basic plotting and tropes that um are not elevated whatsoever above them um you know obviously some would argue that the uh, that andy circus and the effects of the apes are what elevate it but uh i mean that's for me was like man like you know you're you're trying to find something else to latch onto and you can't because there's just nothing else is going on that's interesting um i mean i didn't have any problems with like the avalanche and all this stuff i think the avalanche was gratifying because it signaled that the movie was almost over so like any of that shit anyways yeah you hope the avalanche took out the the apes too oh yeah totally i just wanted a two-hour movie where caesar like talks to maurice about like how he ran and he shouldn't have run and then their relationship crumbles (laughs) (laughs) what what if the avalanche did take out the apes and the humans. Hmm. And then the sweet sequel is called the snow piercer. <laughs> it's the last humans alive on one fucking train. Oh, you know, you know, speaking of, uh, I, I meant to, to mention that, uh, cause speaking of Bong Joon-ho, uh, I like, dude, Oksha is a movie that I thought, uh, you know, terms of like sci-fi, you know, kind of dystopian take like that's like a like that's an example of like a kind of like refreshing injection that these movies needed i, I definitely want to catch that yeah. yeah i still haven't watched it as well but um you know the other the other thing i thought of uh was uh, you know this movie had a lot of uh it had a lot of 
similarities of of Logan, you know, like the not just the fact that there was a a, a mute girl in this movie too, but um, <laughs> hey, I, the other girl could talk. She just didn't speak English. No, I I actually appreciated the that they kept the girl mute throughout the whole movie uh, in this one. Um, now, just because the fact that, like, you know, mo- in most movies where a character is mute, they are are only mute because, like, oh, I experienced some trauma or whatever, and then at the end they have like the <laughs> they have their silent Bob. They ha- moment. Yeah, exactly. They have <laughs> the, the silent Bob moment. <laughs> exactly right. Um, so I'm glad. Oh, Caesar, didn't... you're chasing Amy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you dumb motherfucker. Why did you create this avalanche? Um, <laughs> no, like, uh, like I'm glad that they. They kept her silent the whole that movie, would be you know? great. The avalanche <laughs> happens and the girl goes, whoa. <laughs> it turns out the virus is actually just like a 48-hour flu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoops. Uh, yeah, but, you know, there were, I mean, you know, Logan was also trying to go for like that whole emotional uh, sort of finale touch, you know, supposed to feel bad and sad for him and uh um you know i don't think logan was as successful on that front i still enjoyed logan a lot just because uh you know i'm sorry sorry andy circus but hugh jackman is i'll watch hugh jackman as wolverine he, he wasn't mocap he wasn't mocap he was a real <laughs> human being acting so uh, uh that's uh, obviously a, a bigger plus but um, X-Men, together strong <laughs> I did not start this war. Yeah, and, and you know, Logan was pretty pretty uh, dark and, and gritty at, at points, but, you know, it was also firmly, you know, still He's in the comic He's also hairy world. like an ape. Yeah, yeah. That's true. But it was still pretty, you know, firmly in the comic book world. There was joy in seeing Hugh Jackman dispose of all the bad guys, you know, in, in full R-rated glory. Um, so I, I did, that was another plus that the, the girl didn't have her you know, moment where she was like, oh, thank you, Caesar, whatever. I mean, uh, again, going back to what I said, <laughs> hey, she like... Did, she did sign language thirsty a few times. Yeah. But, uh, you know, going back to what I said about, like, going into this movie, I was just like, you know, fucking Caesar's gonna die, and they're gonna try and make you feel bad. You're gonna, you know, try and make you roll a tear because Caesar died. And uh, that's how it's going to be, and that's how it was. And, uh, you know, like, I I didn't think that was unexpected, um, that he was going to go out. Uh, but, yeah, it's, like, it's really, like, the end is, like, really fucking cheesy, man. Like, the, the music swells, and they tilt up to the sky, and it's like, oh, like, it's just, <laughs> it's, re- it's really lame. Like, it's, and I was like, oh. will yeah. know what I mean. Kid. They kind of did that in Return of the King. You know, there's a lot of, of that going on. But uh, like we've said, Return of the King is a movie that earned that that uh, emotional and, and, and could, could pull that off. Like, yeah, you know, that had, emotional... Yeah, one ending for every two hours of a film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it earned its emotional ending. Like, you, you, you know, those were characters you were invested in. And, uh, yeah, and like... Why didn't you know, Andy Serkis get in a movie like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, so I don't know if you guys were expecting Caesar to eat it at the end, but, uh, I totally was. And I thought it was pretty predictable. I, I'm just glad that the lame. avalanche didn't take him out. I would have <laughs> fucking pissed. 
Man, it was like the- all I sat through all this shit. And you're gonna wipe out all of the humans except for the girl and an avalanche. Oh, you and this fucking avalanche, man. See, the girl is tantalizing though because in- because they could something else could happen. Yeah, it- we get some hybrid shit. Yeah, going if on. she can have sex with an ape. <laughs> yeah, actually, the ape's probably gonna have sex with her. Right. Not to be too <laughs> species normative, but. And then we got a whole new virus that wipes everything out. <laughs> anyway. And uh, on that note. Thank <laughs> um, you, we're out. We, we still have another movie to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, seriously, did you guys, like, were you guys expecting that? or, or I, I thought Caesar and, would die. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a I mean, it was a surprise when he first got shot with the arrow. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, I didn't, it wasn't that I was expecting him not to be dead by the end of the film. Yeah, um, but you I mean, agree. I, I, I could have seen a uh, a, a freaking um, the gray moment <laughs> with Woody Harrelson <laughs> charging Caesar at the end, and them just battling out with little vodka bottles. Sure. But I mean, like I I, I was I was it, the story was totally set up for Caesar to die by the end of it. Um, but I just, I don't know why they had to go to the desert first. You were like, like Caesar, you know, they, uh, like Maurice kept telling them, like, you gotta get that autopilot fixed, and then he never does. <laughs> but then he fucking did, and he showed up later, and you're like, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, but. It's the grown up mute girl, Nova. She's yeah. at some cafe. Yeah, one she's day in and the she cafe. Like... No, Maurice shows up to the cafe, and, and Caesar is there with Nova. <laughs> and he's just, you know, raises his little liquor glass and he's like, oh, Master Wayne, I don't fucking know. Um, but you guys agree that uh, pretty cheesy ending, like the whole tilt yeah, up, extremely. Yeah, yeah, it's all cheesy. Swelly music. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, I, but by then I'd already checked. I, I was still going like all of the humans are dead. <laughs> I was still angry from that. See, I still don't think that they're whoa, all dead, whoa, but whoa, I guess whoa, they whoa. are. What if that guy wasn't her father? But her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That changes nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, because it was like she could be pregnant. It was a joke. Yeah, I got it. The human race could live on. True, true. Yeah. Bad apes just going to go around just, <laughs> just throwing seed everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there. the so, other thing... So, some apes... <laughs> not not lay with girl, not me. <laughs> <laughs> to me, the biggest the biggest plot hole. How did that ape who hasn't eaten in days have that much shit that he could like just do on command? <laughs> I was going to throw gonna, I was, that character. No, no, no. He was one of the. He was. Uh, he he had just been put there. Remember, mm-hmm. he was part of. Uh, he was part of Caesar's crew. All right. Yeah. That, I was literally just gonna say not the same thing, but I was gonna comment that like the the least unfunny poop <laughs> poop humor in this of like any movie was I, in this I, movie. I, I, as soon as the one guy gets hit with like the pile of shit, I was like, really? They're monkey poop. And 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 these that's are evolved also, apes, damn it! Yeah. And it's so <laughs> I, moist too. Oh it was, yeah, but I mean, not to. Uh, I mean, this isn't a spoiler, but uh, that's also what. Made me think of Okja because there's some there's some good poop humor in Okja. I will just say that. Spoilers. So, yeah, sorry, uh, but um, yeah, was not that wasn't funny. And I I also am kind of surprised they went there. That I was like, oh really? 
okay. But it was still, like, you know, treated very seriously, like, oh, yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. And again, like, that, like, is just so inherently, like, silly, but it's being taken so seriously, and it's just like, man, not not vibing at all with that. Yeah. Well, anyways. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of taking a poop. <laughs> No, but in all seriousness, we have to uh, head out so that we can also record a review of a ghost story. Um, so what do you say, guys, when we uh, finish this up and leave? Yeah, let's, <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Peace, peace out. Thank you guys for joining me. Welcome. Oh, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> and thank you guys all for listening. Remember, podcasters together, strong. <laughs>